Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly, with Faker Others, and leading guests from the world of women's football. Cuts back onto her right foot, Um, and finds the net! On TalkSport 2. Hello, hello, welcome to Women's Football Weekly. What a couple of days we've had. Women's Football Weekend did not disappoint as the WSL title race hots up. The full-time whistle goes, a massive win as Manchester City's women blow the WSL title race wide open. The champions of last season, Chelsea, lose for the first time since the opening weekend of the WSL season. The top four are separated by just three points, while the bottom of the table is just as tight. You have to show character. You can either walk away here today with nothing, or you can try and stand up and and show a bit about us. Um, Maybe not, maybe in a few different words, but um, but yeah, and we can try and get something out of the game. And and fair play to the girls; they did that in the second half. And Aston Villa put on a five-star performance at Villa Park. Six academy products on the pitch, a mm. um, couple of senior debuts, everybody digging in together. Kenza's fasting, you know, and she's, she's put a performance in like that. There's, there's so many positives to take today. We'll round up all the action from a huge women's football weekend and keep you up to date with some of the stories from across the world of women's football. This is Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Women's Football Weekly with Fake Others. Hi, I'm Leah Williamson from Arsenal Women and you can follow the WSL on TalkSport 2. Happy Monday, you lovely lot. I, I've got a, a box, big box TV, microwave. What are you doing, Molly Hudson from The Times? Having a little dance. Yeah, loving the intro music tonight. Thank you for coming in on your day off. Well, look, when you call... I can't say no, can I? Well, thanks very much. I appreciate that. And especially such a jet setter you've been, except you lost your luggage. It all went terribly. I think two, one too many 4am alarms and the brain just got a bit lost. Um, but you know what? What a week of women's football. Had the absolute pleasure. Two Chelsea games, two Arsenal games. Just fantastic. Germany, France... Not a bad job, is it? No, it's all right, isn't it? We're quite lucky. Uh, It was a cracking weekend. We are going to talk about the Champions League later on in the show, but big results at the top and bottom of the WSL table. A huge win for Gareth Taylor's Manchester City over Chelsea. It was live on TalkSport 2, and here's how the drama unfolded. (laughs) 
such is the competition at the top of this league that neither Manchester City nor Chelsea's women go into this huge game top of the pile. Sam Kerr using some pace up to the left-hand corner of the box, outpacing Greenwood, gets the shot in, but it's tight to the near post, and it was a comfortable save in the end for Ellie Roper. Angledal, right-hand corner of the area, drives it, goalwards, it's in! Manchester City lead! Manchester City going joint top as things stand. They'll only be second on goal difference. Well, we talked about City, if they can get the win today, that takes them up into second, and they can affect who wins the title. They'll think they can win it themselves, but... It might drop for Lauren Hemp, 2-0! Great finish, Lauren Hemp! They've not beaten Chelsea in six years. 11 games have gone. City controlled the tempo of the game, they controlled the possession. Clips it back across the face of goal and volleyed over the bar. What a chance for Chelsea to reduce Lerpultz. the arrears. Oh, Lerpultz, he was just coming in late. The full-time whistle goes, a massive win as Manchester City's women blow the WSL title race wide open. Brilliant commentary there from Ian Dancer and Lucy Ward on TalkSport 2. It finished Manchester City 2, Chelsea nil. City bouncing back from their FA Cup exit with a huge win over title rivals Chelsea, watched by Jamaican sprinting legend Usain Bolt of all people as well. He asked for Lauren Helm's shirt after the match. She was involved in both goals, setting up Philippa Angledar's opener, her first WSL goal, before scoring herself. That is Lauren Hemp, of course. Gorgeous finish from both of them, though. Gareth Taylor had described it as a must-win game before kickoff. Here's what he told TalkSport's Ian Danter afterwards. Yeah, everyone's in there. Everyone's in there. And um, I think, obviously, we've got to play Arsenal. We have to play United as well after the break. They're going to be big games, and I think they're going to really, obviously, paint a picture to where the, where the title is going. Relish it, though. You have to relish it, and the girls do too. Absolutely. Well, from where we were at the beginning of the season with a new group and lost the first couple of games, tough away games, one of them being Chelsea, to get to where we are now, I think, and I said that to the players before the game today, to, where, to be where we are is remarkable, really, and you take great credit for that. Let's not, let's not get it for nothing. And we really pushed on today and, and got that really important win. And again, we dust ourselves down and, and go again next week. I thought he meant that Ian Danta should take great credit for that. I thought he wasn't on the pitch. <laughs> um, as he alluded to, lost the opening two games of the season to, to Villa and to Chelsea. Unbeaten since, though, they've just quietly gone about their business, which we've said before, Molly, haven't we? But this was a real statement. But how incredible is this turnaround? I think it was it was quite interesting before the match, you know, when they do their little pre-match montage. Um, and it started off in black and white and the music was all kind of sombre and you saw them lose those two opening games. We were like, where is this going? But then it, was actually, it actually worked really well because it was like, this is the story of their season. You know, it's it's back in colour. They're banging the goals in. They're, they're rising up the table. And, and I, I had the pleasure of speaking to Ellie Roebuck last week and she was saying to me, they're actually really enjoying the idea of how under the radar they are, that everybody else has been talking about Chelsea, United, Arsenal, and they kind of forgot about Man City because at one point, you know, they were 10th, which is which is crazy. 10th um, after two day games, we almost resigned them to that fourth place or maybe trying to get Champions League football. And now the way it has all turned around, the, the title race is completely wide open. And I think... It's you, you watch Manchester City now and you see what they're trying to do. You see the identity that they have, the way they're trying to play. And I think it was the perfect day for Lauren Hemp, who 
by her own admission, hasn't had the best season. I think she looked really tired at some points. I think City and England have relied on her pretty much every game for for many months now. I think it caught up with her a little bit. But she just looks, same as Chloe Kelly, in perfect form at the moment. And it's really paying dividends when you've got those two and and Bunny Shaw up up front. There's there's not many attacks better than that in in the world right now. No, and a victory for Manchester City without Bunny Shaw on the score sheet is quite incredible in itself. But two goals inside the first half an hour. What impressed you most about this performance? It was it was almost the other bit of this game. It was almost I think we've we've all watched City a lot and we've seen even throughout the season when they have been picking up points, they don't always take their chances. And I think that was the first important thing. I think when Angledal's first goal went in, I looked at my colleague in the press box and I think Chelsea had already had two shots on target despite barely being in the game and City hadn't. And you wondered if it was going to be that same old narrative where Chelsea give you the chances, but nobody seems to be able to take them. But City did take them. So I think that opening goal was a big one. You could see almost a weight lifted, the confidence of the players. Then they got the second. But almost more impressive was the second half for me. There was at no point really did Chelsea offer anything. There was no, you know, massive pile of pressure where you felt a goal was coming. It just wasn't like that. And I think, yes, of course, part of that was down to Chelsea's problems, which I'm sure we'll get onto. But Part of that was Manchester City's control and and that has to be a credit to the players, to Gareth Taylor. He had a little laugh at the end of the game. He was like, I've been waiting a long time for this. They'd, they'd, they'd lost, I think it was 11 times to, to, or they hadn't won, sorry, in 11 games against Chelsea in the Women's Super League. So this has been their bogey team and, you know, now they've got over them. What's next? Chelsea's everyone's bogey team, aren't they? I've <laughs> been over the years. Um, Emma Hayes refused to criticise her players uh, after the defeat. Um, she believes they're currently struggling, and you can understand this completely, with fatigue. There's no point moaning about things I can't control. It's three away games in seven days. Did the first half look like that? Absolutely. But it was a game where they had 0.09 XG and we had 0.03 we gifted them goals and then it becomes an uphill struggle. I will not criticise my players. They gave a tremendous effort in the second half and we just got to regroup and go again. Yeah, it, it's been a tough season. Like We've talked a lot about Chelsea just managing to get through and, and get the points on the board, but we should remember they are suffering from injuries. They're still involved in the FA Cup and, and the Champions League. I don't think necessarily you could use that as an excuse um, for 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 this result, but how much of a miss was Millie Bright? I think the as you say, it's not an excuse, but I think the injuries were a factor. Mm. I think what we've always talked about Chelsea over the years is the way that Hayes and the staff there have have crafted this squad so that you can put almost any of those players in and it doesn't impact the performance. This season, she just hasn't really had that available to her because of all the injuries, and you know Millie Bright is. I think personally somebody that is still underrated she's pretty much an ever present for for Chelsea and England um and she just she just radiates calm to those around her I think and we we know that Chelsea's defense has probably been their weak point and you take arguably their strongest defender out of that and so it proved I mean Magda Eriksson didn't have the best game neither did Kadisha Buchanan you know you you do see that miss but I also think you know, you have to remember Frank Kirby, Penilla Harder, like long-term injuries have been out for a while now. Erin Cuthbert limped off in the game 
uh, yesterday. She, well, Hayes insisted that both Bright and Cuthbert would be okay for Leon in midweek. Now that that may not be true. That mm. could have just you know been trying to bring that positivity and and kind of show that yeah we'll we'll be fine or come some midweek. Mind games. Yeah, mm. but I think you do see them suffering a little bit, and uh, it it it's hard because. I just don't think they were very good yesterday. Well, what did what did you make of her taking off Sophie Ingle and Lauren James after 36 minutes when they were 2-0 down? Was that the right decision? I think it could have been anyone, to be honest. I think again it's very it reminded a lot of us of of the Continental Cup final when they'd gone down to Arsenal. Hayes did something very similar. It's almost something she does to convey to the players that it's not good enough. I'm going to make this substitution before we even get to half time. I think the only problem I understand taking Ingle off, but I think because she wanted to go to to that back three, but I think when you take Lauren James off, even though she wasn't having the greatest game, nobody was really in a in a Chelsea shirt. I think you lose that outlet, and as the second half went on, I, I mentioned earlier there was no sort of big build up of pressure, but Sam Kerr just looked knackered because she was having to do all of the running and she didn't have James there to kind of help her or or even pass the ball to so she could go and, and run in behind, which we know she's so dangerous at. So I think once Hayes had made those decisions, because of the people that they're missing, there was nothing really for her to turn to in that second half to try and change the game, to try and get a goal. And maybe it almost lost that game, that game had almost gone, but it might benefit them in terms of fresher legs against Lyon. Mm. Manchester City, though, desperate to win their first title since 2016. Esme Morgan was asked post-match on the belief within the team and whether winning the WSL title this season was actually becoming a real possibility. I think it's something that we've had from the very beginning and we've never lost. I know Gaz alludes to the first two games of the season when we lost and I feel like a lot of people are sort of counting us out, talking about the players that had gone over the summer and saying that we wouldn't be able to compete necessarily without them. But I think within the team, we've always had it in our minds that we're capable of challenging at the top of the table, Champions League being the bare minimum we expect from the team, um, but knowing that we're capable of challenging from the title. And I mean, I've been telling family members for months and months that we're hoping to win the league and I sort of get met with sniggers and giggles as if, oh, come on, as we get real but obviously we've managed to just chip away in the background and climb the table and we've got ourselves into a position now where everyone genuinely considers us title challenges um, and that's a really happy place for us to be um, after how hard we've worked to get here. Yeah, she makes a good point doesn't she? She also made a good point didn't she about, about Usain Bolt what happened with uh, Usain Bolt and Lauren Hemp? It was a lot of fun. Um, Bolt, Bolt was watching the game from the stadium and uh, as the final whistle blow, Bunny Shaw and a couple of the other players are doing the Bolt celebration towards him. And then um, there's a couple of pictures on social media of uh, him asking for Lauren Hemp's shirt. Um, as May Morgan was asked who was maybe the faster of the two and she's like yeah back back Lauren I've heard Usain Bolt just asked for a shirt so she must have impressed <laughs> I don't know when he did but she just came to me she was like Ez guess who's just asked for my shirt and I was racking my head through the Chelsea team thinking who she had a battle with today and he might have wanted it after I was too tired to think of anyone she was just like Usain Bolt I couldn't believe it <laughs> Must be the pace. Um, and uh, obviously, um, Usain and Bunny know each other, obviously both both Jamaicans. Um, so, yeah, it was just a, a lot of fun at the CFA yesterday. And, you know, over 5,000 
in attendance, which was a pretty decent atmosphere there. Absolutely. Uh, it is going down to the wire at the title race, and we'll take a look at how the other teams in the mix got on next. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Women's Football Weekly. That is absolute top quality on TalkSport 2. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Ruthers, Times football writer Molly Hudson is alongside me today. And as we said earlier, Women's Football Weekend did not disappoint and TalkSport was there to bring you all the action. Here's how the rest of the weekend sounded across the network. Spurs look ragged now. Arsenal darting forward. Four against three. Marlon Conner into the box. Deflected in. Five for Arsenal. And Freedom Arnhem is on the score sheet. Arsenal are running Tottenham ragged. Now the cross comes in and flicked in for 2-2. Incredible. Reading have turned this game right around. All thanks to Emma Harris. On at half-time and has scored twice before the hour mark. They're looking for goal number five here. They're in. And it's another for Alicia Lehman. Aston Villa puts up five. Once they get into the penalty area, they are devastating. Flicked on nicely and in. Leanne Robe is there. And Liverpool have turned it around to lead the derby. But Lauren Impey's going to rule it out. Well, Liverpool asking, what is that decision for? Pressurising West Ham once more soon. Tamatha Thomas, who could score against her former club. It breaks to Lucia Garcia. And that wraps it up very nicely for Manchester United. Loving producer Will's music selections today. Bit of uh, shoulder shimmying going on in the studio, me and Molly Hudson. That's uh, so where we're going to start is Manchester United for West Ham nil. Uh, United using, that's Manchester United, using the opportunity to cement their title credentials, getting three points on the board on Saturday to stay top and leave the others to try and match them. A 4-0 victory, leaving them level on points with Manchester City, but top of the table on goal difference. Almost 28,000 at Old Trafford, watching a dominant performance. Captain Katie Zellen putting them ahead from the spot. Um, The penalties we will discuss shortly the ones not awarded is what I mean Lucia Garcia scoring twice and then Hayley Ladd completing everything let's hear from both managers first uh, West Ham's Paul Koncheski but first United boss Mark Skinner who spoke to Talk Sports Adam Bridge we aren't where we want to be um, but we're producing really good quality so and our clubs growing are we don't have we don't have a lot of experience right but we have experienced people that want to be they're, they're really they want to win and uh, they're ambitious and so you know that's good good ingredients for success but we know we've got to get that we've got to go to finals and we've got to learn to win in tough games and you know against the Chelsea game you know we we were better than we've ever been so we're growing and I, I predict if we keep doing this way we'll be a, a force for anyone just said in there we have to stick together we have to keep working we have to keep working harder we have but we have to stick together as as a group of players staff and make sure we, we, we don't worry about what's going on because, like I say, we're not far away of winning games. Um, it's a nick up, yeah, but we need to get out of it quick and we need to pick up points.
Yeah, they do. West Ham still winless in 2023. Feels like they're just limping towards the end of the season. We'll discuss them shortly, but a couple of penalty decisions that didn't go Manchester United's way before they were finally awarded one. I mean, what did you make of them, first of all? In the end, they were unimportant, but we do focus on the officiating in the league and the importance of it. What did did you think, Molly? I think, and... I obviously wasn't there. I was at um, Tottenham Arsenal, so disclaimer for that one. Um, But speaking to those that were there, I think it it was the correct decision. I think the first Sissoko one, obviously she goes on to give away a penalty shortly Mm -hmm. after. Um, But the first one, look, there, there was contact. And I think it was the same for both of them. There was contact, but it wasn't quite enough Enough. to give a penalty. Mm. But I think it's one of those where... Mark Skinner's probably still thinking about the one against Chelsea. Well, the two against Chelsea mm. that they didn't get. So I think when you're in that position, it's nil-nil. You're probably thinking everything is going against us. We're never going to get one in our favour. Um, and I think it's, again, it's credit to Manchester United this season. They've had quite a few games where they've got through the first half. It's nil-nil. Teams are sitting in, they're frustrating them. But this season, where in the past they've dropped points, they're finding a way. Mm. And, you know, fantastic Lucio Garcia in this one, off off the bench as well, showing that greater squad depth that United have got this season. Yeah, and I think it's important that we highlight when decisions are correct. Um, Emily Heaslip waving away both, and, uh, and apparently quite rightly. 100 appearances for Leah Galton, pretty impressive. Again, I think she goes under the radar. Obviously, she, she she doesn't play for England. She's she's made that choice, and I think people kind of forget about her. They 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 look at Alessia Russo at a tune in that team. But if you ask the Manchester United fans, Leah Goldwyn is is right up there with them in terms of the the importance she's been to that squad, not just this season but the past few seasons. So I think you know she's she's really getting those rewards now and and she's certainly not somebody you'd uh, want to go up against 1v1 no i don't think so um west ham i mean it ultimately doesn't matter because they're safe in inverted commas um but it's quite underwhelming after such a good start worst form in the league worst form than leicester um worst form than anyone down there um even tottenham even tottenham who who managed a incredible sequences of, of losses in a row. Um, I, look, I think we've talked about West Ham being inconsistent before, but I think this season has... It, it's almost showed the best of them and then the worst of them encapsulated in this season. Um, and I think you look at a team like Aston Villa, who I'm sure we'll get onto, who have bridged that gap somewhat. West Ham just look as though they can't really get any further than where they are at the moment, which is... Um, Fifth, mm. sixth, seventh. They were fifth. <laughs> they were fifth. Well, you uh, just proved your own point there, really. Yes. Now it's all gone in that exact trajectory downhill. Um, so I think, yeah, they're they're mid table. They're mid table for a reason. They've not been consistent enough, or got the best out of the players because you know there are some some decent players in that West Ham squad to actually get that consistency. Mm, Sorry, West Ham fans, don't be upset with me. (laughs) Nod for Kate Longhurst, though, friend of the show, equaled Jilly Flaherty's uh, WSL appearance record of 177 games coming off the bench, which actually Keris Harrop of Tottenham had also um, equaled as well. So triple joint. Is that such a phrase? I'm not sure if it is. It is now. Joint Um, treble, joint triple. I don't know. I don't know. Let's move on. Tottenham 1, Arsenal 5. Sorry, Tottenham fans. You're getting destroyed as well. And then 
then it's this scoreline. Uh, Arsenal stay three points off the top with a game in hand. Um, Brisbane Road was the destination for, for this result. Stina Blackstenius and Caitlin Ford scoring in the first half before Beth England pulled one back from the penalty spot. But the Spurs' comeback did not happen and Ford scored again before Kim Little and Freedom Marnham made sure that North London was red. Let's hear from both camps, shall we? Spurs interim boss Vicky Jepsen, but first Jonas Eideval, Jonas Eideval even, who caught up with Talk Sports' Joe Shannon. We know that there are emotions invested in, in this game. There is a lot of culture and history to it as well. So we, we want to do our very best to make our club proud. We went a little bit stale the last 10 minutes in the first half. Uh, we needed to change some in our positioning. Uh, it was really important that we came out and we attacked the game. So we, we just didn't want to see it through because then I thought we were going to be complacent and it could have been tricky in the end. So... Uh, I think our performance was strong, but and the players should, res- like they deserve a lot of praise for that. You got to take the emotions out of it. The only reason why I'd ever be emotional because I know how much it means to the Spurs fans. So um, I apologise to them because they should come here and and see a better display or a better sc- scoreline. Um, but you know what? Credit to the fans because they're still singing now. That they, they, they back the players all the way through, regardless of the scoreline. And I couldn't have asked for more from them Um, but this won't define us we've got six games left that will be the focus for us She's right, Vicky. It won't define them, but they're going to have to dig some results out out of somewhere but it felt as if this one was perhaps inevitable. Yeah, I think it was just the story of Tottenham's season really just just really, really poor errors and I think when you make errors like that against a team like Arsenal it's... Look, the second half pretty much became shooting practice really. I think... There was a bit of hope through Beth England, who I genuinely think that signing keeps them up. Um, she's been fantastic. spoke spoke to Vicky after the game, and she said, "She, you know, England's still coming up to us saying, what more can I do, Vic? What What do you need from me to to try and improve?'" Um, so she was again a, a bright spark for Tottenham. But you know, looking at Arsenal, I think it's really important that they did win that game. Obviously, we mentioned the title race. Chelsea and Arsenal sitting in third and fourth in the table, but they've got the games in hand, so it's 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 hard to read where that might go. But look, I've got the fixtures in front of me, and arguably Arsenal have probably got the worst run in of Chelsea, City, and United. Arsenal have got City, United next, and then last day of the season they've got Villa. Tricky, and we've seen they are more than capable of taking points. So, look, I think Arsenal just need to get through this period again, like Chelsea, not easy. Certainly to go from the Allianz Arena to Brisbane Road, slightly different surface, slightly (laughs) different surroundings. There's a bar at the Allianz Arena. It is a delight. (laughs) Well, I wish you'd told me that when I was in there. Oh, no. Um, uh, But yes, I think it it, it was a really comfortable performance from Arsenal and exactly what they need going into that second leg. Mm. Uh, you also had a chance to speak to Arsenal's new signing, Jodie Taylor. Molly, let's have a listen to what she said to you. The longer you stay in the game, the more experience you have, the more you kind of catch it onto other players. Um, and I've kind of enjoyed that role as I've you know, got into the later stages of my career, helping the young ones come through and, and helping with any experience and pass on the experience that I can. So, look, I'm a team player, I love being part of the team, and I just want the team to do well. So, again, I'm happy to be here. Still fit, I'm still healthy, I can still play. You know, I think it's an important message um, for all the players as well. It's not over till it's over, and I'm still going, so um, 
yeah, I'm happy to be here, really happy with um, how the squad have welcomed me. The girls have been really welcoming and really good. You know, I know a lot of players from the past and various teams. I played, played with Caitlin Ford nine years ago in Australia. Played with Steph Catley on about three different teams. Obviously, there's a handful of girls who are still here from, from my, when I was here five years ago. And the new girls, they've all been amazing. Staff have integrated me well and made me feel so welcome. So, like I said, it's been a crazy 10 days, but everyone's made me feel like I've been here a lot longer. Were they rebuilding the stadium around her while she was talking? Absolute chaos at Brisbane Road because there's just no designated press area just surrounded by fans. I'll tell you what, they were fuming. They were fuming. We spoke to Jodie Taylor. They want to speak to Jodie Taylor. They don't want to speak to us. No, absolutely. I can imagine. Um, Really excited to see what she can bring uh, to Arsenal. As she said, uh, it doesn't matter how old you are as a player, you can still bring something to the table. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly. I'm going to take that mantra on. (laughs) You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, Faker Others and Molly Hudson from The Times. Uh, Next, we'll focus on the WSL relegation battle. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. It's a wonder goal! The home for women's football. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football with me, Faker Others, and Times football writer Molly Hudson. Don't forget, if you do miss any of our shows or you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the TalkSport app, so just go ahead and download it today. Right. Aston Villa 5, Leicester 0. Kenza Darley opening up the scoring after six minutes. Two goals from Alicia Lehman and Rachel Daly gave Villa a dominant win in front of 6,500 fans at Villa Park. Leicester, though, spent a number of chances and results elsewhere leave them two points from safety. Willie Kirk caught up with TalkSport's Ian Stringer after the game. His side remained rooted to the bottom of the table and he felt they lacked belief and fight in their defeat. 
I would never have believed the stats if Manos hadn't just told me, but we had more possession than them and we had more attempts at goal and we've lost 5-0. Uh, so that would probably suggest that some fundamental basics have went wrong and, and I think that was the case. You know, We went in at half-time scratching our heads, going, what are we try to solve here? You know, Is it technical issues? Is it tactical problems? But I actually just thought it was a little bit of belief and a little bit of fight. And, 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 and it might be that we need to reframe pressure going forward and, and try and frame it in a way that the pressure energises us and does not uh, basically suffocate us. Interesting. Um, that result could have been worse, though, couldn't it? We'll talk about Reading's comeback against Brighton. But actually, I want to want to focus on some other comments that, that Willie Kirk uh, brought up over the weekend, Molly. And it's something that we've discussed before. Um, he thinks that the, that the top women's teams need more games to continue to, to grow the sport, which I think he's absolutely right about. We've discussed it previously. 22 league games a season, 11 of them at home. And although we've seen an increase in, in crowds after the Euros, uh, there's still work to be done on, on drawing more fans in and more games does that. Look, I think I've been banging this drum since I started working this job and we need to expand the divisions. We need to expand the Women's Super League. We definitely need to expand the Women's Championship because there's such a bottleneck of teams um, in the geographical North and South split in that Tier 3 that now have the resources, they they have the infrastructure to come up. And then once you do that, you can afford to let another team get promoted into the Women's Super League. So yes, I think that would, it would help. And I, I, I do feel for, for for a manager like Willie, because it does feel as though, he, t- he talks about that pressure there. Mm. And it is because you have to remember, and it's, it's actually very similar for Manchester City, who uh, admittedly are now flying high. How ludicrous is it that you can lose two games in a season and mm. your season is almost over mm. when you're a top team? And that's just the result of having a 12-team top flight. You know, we, we don't see that in the Premier League. You see a, a lot more competitiveness. And look, I understand why it maybe hasn't happened yet because there was always a worry that there'd be teams that needed to go fully professional and they weren't capable of doing that. But now we're seeing, you know, there's three, four, five teams in the Championship that are running professional outfits and they're proving that it's sustainable enough to do so so get them in the top flight and and let's expand that division yeah because 4,000 is the highest that Leicester have had at King Power this this season and you can't really build momentum if you're only playing at home once a month for an example it's 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 just not not enough is it um let's go back to the table though because at the minute Leicester not doing enough to survive and bearing in mind the investment that they've put into this side, the last thing on earth they want to do is is drop down into the championship, which also might have had something to do with Willie. Willie Kirk makes a really good point, but obviously if they drop down, he, of course he's going to want the WSL to expand because it means that they won't get relegated. So we understand that at the same time. Um, but it could have been much, much worse if it wasn't for uh, Reading's comeback against Brighton. It finished Reading 2, Brighton 2. It was a massive game between the 10th and 11th placed sides and second from bottom Brighton were 2-0 up and looking really good after 13 minutes. Two goals from Viatriki Sari, but Kelly Chambers worked her magic and introduced Emma Harries from the bench and she scored two goals to share the points. I mean, Brighton must be kicking themselves more. Yeah, I think we we was kind of watching those those goals go in from afar and and thinking much the same as you. Well, that's that that's that done then. Reading are right in danger. We've been saying all season they they're somehow just about staying out of it, and it felt like if they'd have lost that game, then they would have been right back in there again. I think the the table's quite interesting because um, 
similar to the title race, there's there's games in hand that might define it. Brighton have actually played two games less than everyone else around them. Um, so although they're in 11th, I, I wonder if Reading are actually more Leicester's, you know, competition. I think like, Willie will be kicking themselves yesterday because five goals conceded, that can be huge for goal difference. There's only three goals in it between Brighton and Leicester's goal difference and you've just shipped five, which is, is, is not what you want to be doing, is it, in in that kind of game? So I think, look, it's it's very much positive for us for the league to still have that relegation battle you know probably going to go down to pretty much the last game this season but I think Leicester will be very frustrated that they have tried I know they haven't necessarily got the backing of fans or for whatever reason that is I know it's so much easier to attract people to stadiums when you've got all these lionesses to market you've got Leah Williamson come watch Leah Williamson at the Emirates yeah a few thousand fans just going for that so I think it has been difficult for Leicester, but they have tried and they've invested and they've improved the training ground and things like that. So you would like to think that if they did go down, they'd come back up. And I don't know if you could say the same about Reading just because of the consistently changing, increasing budgets that are required to compete, whether if Reading came down, they'd be able to come back up again. And by the way, uh, the way to do that is do what Aston Villa did, go out and get a lioness and then get another one in on in January. You know, smart kind of stuff. But anyway, um, yeah, disappointing for, for Leicester. Uh, last win was on 12th of February after they'd kind of pushed on at the turn of the year. Uh, so as Molly said, the draw means uh, 10th place Reading, four points clear of Leicester, Brighton two away from danger. Um, the whole of the Women's Football Weekend kicked off on Friday. The Merseyside Derby, 22,000 uh, turned up at Goodison Park, the first ever women's match to be held there. Gabby George opened the scoring before Katie Stengel equalised. Uh, Liverpool manager Matt Beard, though, was furious after Leanne Robe's potential winner was ruled out, possibly, we think, for a foul on the keeper, but very, very soft. Here's what the Liverpool boss had to say. Just seen the disallowed goal and I can't believe it, to be perfectly honest with you. It's, uh, it's crazy. But listen, we've had enough chances tonight to, to get the win anyway. Um, that's another decision like that that's cost us three points. Yeah, costly. It's difficult, isn't it? Because I went down the start of the season to to the PGMOL training camp. I saw how hard they're working. Spoke to Bibiana Steinhouse Webb about what they're trying to do to improve the referees, the officiating, the standards and structure around them to make it easier for them because, you know, still got jobs. But sadly, we've talked a lot on here. I've written, had to write a lot. Big decisions not going the right way. And I think this was another one of those. I think, look, <laughs> I was at Arsenal with, with Jonas Eidevel on in midweek in uh, Munich. And I think that was that was a lot more 50-50. You could see why it wasn't given. This this one, I, I was baffled mm. how that goal hasn't stood. And I think when the general consensus is... Wait, what have they even ruled it out for? That's mm. when you know it's, it's it probably should have been given. Um, but look, I think it, it's a positive step again to see Everton, who have been struggling um, in recent seasons, same as Liverpool. To be fair, that rivalry now is is they're both in the Women's Super League. They're both pretty much safe. I think Liverpool are probably safe now. 
Um, and it's good to see that that's what the women's game needs, that rivalry and that sort of heart of women's football in Merseyside. Yeah, it really does. Um, and, you know, we talk about the officiating all the time. It is going to take time. But, for example, a a decision that could mean, you know, relegation or not, you know, is very crucial. It's so important financially. We t- talked about it in football for years and years and years. But with women's football, it is going to take time because, as you say, they're they're amateur um, at the moment. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. I'm Faye Carruthers, Times football writer Molly Hudson is with me. Uh, coming up, we're going to round up the championship and preview the Champions League second leg ties for Chelsea and Arsenal. Women's Football Weekly. That is absolute top quality on Talk Sport 2. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Ruthers alongside me tonight, Times football writer Molly Hudson. Uh, right, the championship getting exciting as of last week. Situation normal as of this week because Bristol City have extended their lead to six points again. Last week they were beaten by second place London City Lionesses, but a 1 0 victory over Southampton and then a 3 0 defeat for London City at the hands of Durham has dented their promotion hopes. Birmingham move up to third. Martha Harris with the only goal of the game against Coventry, who look all but down. Uh, Chance draw with Sunderland meant Karen Hills' side dropped to fourth after a late equaliser from substitute Grace. McCatty. A friend of the show, Courtney Sweetman Kirk, was on the score sheet again for Sheffield United, but two goals from Ellie Mason sealed a 3 2 win for Lewis at Bramall Lane, while Crystal Palace were 1 0 winners over Blackburn. A few other key results to bring you as well. In the Northern Premier Division, over 5,000 watched Nottingham Forest beat Derby 2 0 at Pride Park. And congratulations to Leeds United, who lifted the FA Women's National League plate, beating Stourbridge even by three goals to one in the final. Newcastle United, meanwhile, beat Portsmouth 3-0 in the reserve plate final. Uh, Rangers and Celtic currently playing in the SWPL. One point separating the old firm rivals in second and third. If you're listening to this as a podcast, you'll already know the score. Uh, So you can feel as if you are um, fortune tellers, perhaps. Cardiff City FC crowned Genero Adran Premier Champions after a 3-1 win over the New Saints. And Wrexham lifted the Genero Adran North Trophy while setting a new record for a Welsh League game of 9,511 uh, supporters. Wrexham owners Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney uh, were there And here's what the Hollywood star Ryan Reynolds put on Twitter. They're the owners, of course, of Wrexham Football Club. Two days of Wrexham football, nearly 20,000 people passing through the gates to see Wrexham win. But the main event was Wrexham women winning it all and hoisting the big trophy. These women played their guts out and Rob McElhenney and I could not be prouder or more choked up. I mean, that is the uh, Hollywood factor, is it not, Molly? We'll take it. We'll take any kind of factor that, that gets more eyes on women's football, gets fans through the door. Look, it's it's fantastic to see. And I think when you when you have two people with the profile that they do, obviously it's going to attract attract more um, 
eyes onto those players, which is which is exactly what we want. Absolutely. Going to be plenty of eyes on the Women's Champions League this week. The quarterfinal second legs kicking off. Two massive games uh, to preview for you in terms of the English teams. Both Arsenal and Chelsea playing their second legs at home, which of course is an advantage. But Chelsea in a stronger position with a one-goal advantage over Lyon. In fact, all four ties are super tight, Molly, aren't they? Because just one goal in all of them. Arsenal trail Bayern Munich by a goal to nil. Their second leg tie is on Wednesday night. How were they in the first leg in Germany, Molly? And what do they need to improve on for Wednesday? Just need to put the ball in the net, which is the the simplest thing to do in football, but also the hardest. Um, It was a very, very even game. It was a good game. Um, Leah Schuller was fantastic for Bayern Munich. So I think she will be a danger again. Um, But look, I think... Maybe some of us underestimated by Munich. They're a really improving team. We know Georgia Stanway obviously joined them in the summer. Her penalty secured a 1-0 victory over Wolfsburg to go top of the Frauen Bundesliga this weekend. So they had a huge game at the weekend. Come through that, they'll be really high on confidence. But look, it it couldn't have been more different from the Bayern Munich game where Arsenal literally could not score. They had two goals um, cleared off the goal line. And then the weekend works just like shooting practice against Tottenham. So mm. hopefully they'll have taken confidence from that. I think it's a really strange situation where they're going in losing, but I think they actually might have more chance than Chelsea of getting through to beat Leon because Leon have got Ada, Berg, Ada Hegerberg coming back. Oh, okay, and we're going to get on to Chelsea, Chelsea in a second. What's your prediction for for Arsenal? Mm. See, I don't want to be all grim. But I think both teams might struggle, you know. I, I do think we... It, I was really impressed by Bayern Munich. All-round team, really impressive. And I think the competition is really open this season. Maybe Barcelona are slight favourites, but as you say, they they only scored 1-0 against Roma. I think it's so, so tight. I think Munich could... If, if they beat Arsenal, I genuinely think they could... They could surprise a lot of people. Mm, Guru Wrighton scored the only goal of the game at the Allianz Arena, putting Emma Hayes' side in a strong position. Um, they welcome Bayern Munich to King. They welcome Leon even to Kings Meadow on Thursday. And, and as you say, Ada Hegberg is back, huge. And this is Leon, eight-time winners. It, <laughs> again, it couldn't have been more different to the weekend. I think we. We all went to Lyon with, you know, the absolute greatest of intentions and would would love always to see English teams do well. But they were they were really good. It was one of the better performances they've played all season. I think Lyon completely played into their hands. They let them play on the counter. Sam Kerr, Lauren James, fantastic. And I think Lyon were pretty disappointing. But they've got Ada coming back. She scored straight off the bench at the weekend in her return. So I think she, she'll she have confidence. And I just think, look, it it's a big game for experience, that one. Mm. I think both of them have been there. They've done it. Chelsea have got that experience over the years now. But I just think all the momentum they had was just lost at the weekend. And I know Emma Hayes will have done everything she possibly can to change that in, in these couple of days between the games. But I'm just going to play a little bit of devil's advocate as to why she may have taken Sophie Ingle and Lauren James off because she's got this game in her sights. And I look, I know Emma Hayes is a winner and she doesn't want to lose any match, but 2-0 down at, at, after 36 minutes, perhaps, you know, she was thinking, right, Wednesday. Um, need to think about that Thursday, even their game is, isn't it? Um, which is going to be vital. But 
I don't like not backing Chelsea and I feel as if Chelsea could do something special this year. I feel as if Emma Hayes has got that in her locker and that's perhaps why we're seeing these indifferent performances in the league. I think it will be massive as to whether Millie Bright and Erin Cuthbert are available for that game because Cuthbert was brilliant, probably the one of the best performances I've seen I have in a Chelsea shirt in, in that first leg. So I think if they're back, if nothing else, it's a psychological boost and I think... That will be massive before a ball is even kicked in that game. But look, we can't forget, if Chelsea get through this, it's got a nice easy tie against uh, Barcelona. <laughs> I was just going to ask you what your predictions for the semi-finals are because uh, Barcelona have a 1-0 lead over Roma ahead of their second leg at the Camp Nou. Uh, Wolfsburg, also a goal to the good against PSG. I think Barcelona will beat Roma, although Roma massively improved this season, which is great. Um and then that Wolfsburg-PSG game, PSG actually were really, really unlucky with some refereeing decisions in that first leg. And I actually think they could overturn that. It, it could well be PSG that get through. But either way, not not easy if, if the English teams get through. Let's put it that way. Not easy at all. The saying is, you've got to beat the best to be the best. You are the best, Molly Hudson. Thank you so much for coming in on your day off. You're an absolute legend. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thanks to Molly. Thanks to producer Will, Ian Danter, Adam Bridge, Joe Shannon, Ian Stringer. All of you, as I say every single week, every one of you for listening to us. Don't forget, if you do miss any of the show live, download the Women's Football Weekly podcast via the TalkSport app or you can listen back throughout the week. 't feels broken but how do we fix it Westminster just doesn't seem to have the answers but we have found some people who do join me journalist Becca Hudson and me the former MP Ed Vasey for how I'd fix from the price of a pint to the housing crisis this is the show where we take an alternative look at the problems plaguing the nation and hear practical solutions from those in the know catch new episodes of Howard fix wherever you get your podcasts rebuilding Britain starts here